0: everybody, and welcome to a new episode of the Advanced Real Estate Talk. It's uh, Aurelien, TheMindfulInvestor.net. I'm with Darcy, Darcy White, here, and Glenn, GlennSutherland.com. And today, we will be discussing what led us to real estate, why did we start, and uh, talking about starting, uh, Darcy, would you like to get us going?
1: Yeah, I mean, starting for starting at the beginning. Um, I think our origin story is our very first episode, um, we each told stories of our first deals that kind of got us into this. Um, but the bigger picture, why, I don't know if we really covered that. Um, and that's when Ori suggested it was, it's an interesting thing, especially if you look back retrospectively, how did, how did I get into this? And what, what was the trigger? Cause it certainly, certainly wasn't really money because the original deal that I had with my father-in-law was to pay me exactly what I got paid as a third year, um, Ontario, um, public school teacher. And that if I made any more money, it would come off that wage. So it was sort of a negative incentive to earn more money than that. So when I got into it, it wasn't for money. Although, you know, intriguingly, I have to admit that the possibility of earning more and having more time, ironically, having more time off than a public school teacher, that uh, was a miscalculation. Um, <laughs> yeah, know. it's like, what? What was I thinking? Um you know, it really was simply, I think I was ready. And, it, you know, I have to say, I love teaching. I love the collegiality of teaching. And it was a good fit. By my third year, I really felt I I was in a groove and I was kind of at the top of my game. I was at, uh, they had merged the Toronto District School Board together. So the Scarborough Board, I was a, um, a literacy team leader. I was a, uh, which is ironic. Everyone that knows me will laugh, but I was a technology specialist, which is incredible. But back then it was you're plugging ribbon cables from a printer into a Macintosh um, and, you know, loading floppy disks and stuff for kids and making lesson plans. It, you know, I, I barely fixed my VCR now. Um, but, you know, I felt, I, yeah, I know you're laughing I mean, You guys know I'm so non-technical. Um, but I felt it was at the top of my game and I, I was already taking courses to do my master's degree in education. Um, Cause I was looking for more. So I, I did think of this when I, you know, when um it was like the readiness was all the moment was filled with opportunity and i think underlying everything i was ready for a change even though i'd only been teaching for three years i just was pregnant with ideas and still a ton of energy and i had you know nagging thoughts like is this going to be it because i'm already doing all of this and i don't want to just wash rinse and repeat over and over again and i saw some of my colleagues We all know those lame teachers that do the same thing over and over again. If it's September, we're, you know, we're doing a pumpkin and we're making Turkey ears with our hands and we're stapling them to a pumpkin and we're, you know, same thing year after year. You get that. Um, I knew I wasn't going to be that kind of teacher. And I was, you know, and then this is where it comes down to the long story to get to this, but you know, when I went with my father-in-law and we had this discussion, I mentioned before he had the double misfortune of getting old and, you know, having health problems. He simply asked me, he said, would you do this? And, you know, that's a massive trigger for me, for someone who, you know, is an oldest son and a good boy and likes to please and likes to deliver awesome and wants to be useful. Being asked to take over was uh, a powerful thing to be asked to, you know, could you help me out with this? Could you take this over? You know, the money's going to be exactly the same as you got. Um, You're going to have to learn everything new. You're going to have to move. Um, I just wanted to be useful, and I think his his appeal to say, would you do this, was very powerful. I was uh, enthralled with my in-laws. I loved them. I had, uh, you know, in the year and a half before that, there's a significant health issue, and I had the pleasure of and the responsibility of taking care of them. for. Would, would the you summer.
2: say that your father-in-law was around the same age as you are now?
1: Let's see, in 98? Uh, no, he would have been 10 years older, okay. uh, eight and a half years older. So not I mean, I'm just well, that's thinking, disturbing. Like,
2: could you not just copy the the footprint and get someone to take over for you?
1: Wow, I hadn't thought of that. Um <laughs> I don't know. I'm thrown by that. See, <laughs> okay, I continue. Sort of, right. I'm I'm so, just yeah, no, it down. I know. Here's the thing. I sort of tried. Um and it, and it hasn't hadn't really worked out. Um maybe the ask was wrong or maybe the offer was wrong, or you don't know, have to reflect on what I've done there. Maybe but think I mean,
2: back I... to your story, what he did to you to get you going or, or is it all your own self-driven or what, what was the, why did, why did it work?
1: I mean, I think people can get a sense for it. I'm a really driven person. I'm really busy. Like we've started three companies. I'm running three. I'm selling one, but I'm still wrapping it up. I play in two and a half bands. Um, you know, I ski, I hike. You know what?
2: I've taken us on way off topic. Let's, let's, but yeah. we'll bring it yeah. back in and then we'll. What was uh, it? we'll yeah. Let's bring it was in. Us on another one.
1: Yeah. <laughs> wow, I mean, I think it, part of it was I was ready. You know, there's some readiness things. Um, And I was just asked, you know, as simply as that, do you want to do this? And I went, oh, well, I, I had seen myself as a good, dutiful son-in-law serving the family um, and particularly, you know, serving them when they were sick, significantly sick earlier, a year and a half earlier or two years earlier, um, really set me up for that. Like these guys need me and family comes ahead of someone else's family. I got to, I got to, I got to help out. I got to take over. And that's really what did it. After that, I found it was a good fit. I had misgivings. I wasn't sure I could be good at it. But here's part of the readiness. I'd worked in construction. I'd lived through construction. My father rebuilt every house we lived in. So I served as an apprentice to him as a gopher and, you know, pushing wheelbarrows of sand and gravel and concrete. And he had electrical business. So I, you know, summers I worked as an electrician's assistant. The stuff wasn't that foreign to me. So it wasn't that big a stretch, but there was certainly signs of readiness. That's, you know, that's what I think now today. What about you guys? How'd you get end up here?
2: Well, when when I was thinking about this question, I, I got it down to basically three different prongs that were, were the reason that got me there. Um, the first one was, you know, I was working a job. I've been there. Uh, I don't even know how long I've been there at that point, but I was realizing that the the math didn't work for retirement. Like the amount that my RSP had grown with my RSP match from my employer it wasn't going to get me to retirement. So that was the one thing that I really got thinking me, got me thinking about like where I was going to, I needed a side hustle or something going on. Um, <clears throat> the other thing is that I've always been a side hustler. I've always had some other job on the go besides just, you know, besides just doing the, you know, uh, my, my nine to five. Right. So for instance, when I was a kid when I was in probably grade seven or eight, I had a company doing landscaping um as a side hustle because I read that book uh uh, rented was it called rent a kid Uh, I read that book as a kid it was a life-changing one if you have kids it's a great book um and then I uh, I started a screen printing company after that through college I got a government grant to do it all and so I I always had like a side hustle on the go um so I, I understood the importance of having a side hustle and the other prong to this is my parents so I had grown up where my parents always had a duplex, right? We've always had this duplex. They still have this duplex to this day that they, they manage. Um, but was I taught real estate? No, I was not. Um, so it's a lot of people just seem that assume that's where it all came from, but it wasn't where it really came from. Um, They were basically accidental landlords. we moved. Uh, And then our house was a duplex before we moved in. We treated it as a single family home. And then when we moved out, it was a really easy transaction to turn it back into a duplex. Um, So they they were always doing that. And they were basically what you call accidental landlords. So they had this property that they just sort of, uh, you know, wasn't intended to be a rental property, right? Um, So I had the idea because I had no education when I bought my first investment property that if I just bought this property, it at least broke even, every single month that in 25 to 30 years, I'd have this paid off. And that could be my retirement. (laughs) As, as sad as it sounds, it wasn't really an in-depth thought, but when I was brand new, I hadn't read any real estate books, no rich dad, poor dad, no nothing. I took the stab at it and I knew that at least that was going to work out. Right. And that's
1: fundamentally genius. Like how many people have figured that out? Uh, Maybe certainly all of our listeners, but that's, that's a revelation. That's a life-changing revelation.
2: Yeah, and yeah. and so anyway, I I did that, and I I started, I took a stab at it. Um, I didn't really know what I was doing. I learned a lot. The first project went terribly. I had a tenant that destroyed the property, and in the end, I fixed it all up and made thirty thousand dollars when I sold it. And I was miserable and said I'd never do real estate again. But I I thought about that. And I'm like, I made thirty thousand dollars. In two years on this property and i really just had to clean it up. i say destroyed it that wasn't back whenever that's that's a soft term i was i thought it was destroyed back in the day because it wasn't in pristine condition when the tenants left um but nowadays that's it was left in pristine condition by what i've been left with in the past uh most more, more recently but anyway that that was basically it it was money for retirement it was um i always wanted to be an entrepreneur Um, I always wanted to have my own business. I never, ever really wanted to work for somebody else. I always had a side gig on the go. Even um, when I was in college, um, a lot of people, we had co-op terms. And for my third co-op term, I... I did an entrepreneurial term. I got, I read, that's how I started my, my company, right? I won't name drop it, but that's how I started the screen printing shop. And I, I did a business plan. I won the top business plan of, I think it was Ontario. I don't think it was Canada. I think I got top business plan of Ontario um, for someone in my age group. And they gave me all the money to get all the machinery. And um, I was, I was hooked. <laughs> right. So, you know, it, I, I don't know. I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. I always, I understand that. And it's hard to think about how you started. I don't know if you had trouble with this Darcy or Ari, but to think about what was going on in your mind, like, you know, 15 years ago and why you bought this property. It's a, it, it, your mindset changes a lot. Right. Um, but I think I always did want to do it because what happened, because I know from facts, my ex and I broke up and as soon as we did, I refinanced the house and bought a rental property. So it was in my head before that, cause I was on it as soon as we were, as soon as I had control of the property myself, right? Uh, cause we were living together in the same house and owned it, right?
1: Yeah. But I mean, again, you had, there was evidence of readiness. You'd already run two businesses or started, you know, with, from your childhood one and your university one in screen printing. Um, you've seen it you've seen it with your parents. There's yes. some elements of readiness there. i that's common, although our paths are different. Ari, what was your experience? How did you end up here? I know you were working for a charity or a charitable group buying real yeah, estate. I
0: was thinking about it. There is a and before that, I remember when I was um uh, so I trained as a teacher back in France and had my first assignment in uh, Paris suburbs. and uh, I was already looking because it was um, a government job. <laughs> I was looking at the, buying an apartment in Paris. That's something I always wanted to do. I was uh, fascinated by Paris and uh, excited about having my own piece of it and uh, and, and like small spaces. So I like the idea of buying a, a smaller apartment, about smaller. We call them apartments in French. And um, and then later on, when I came to Canada, I uh, I, I had the option to work. As a teacher again, but I I ended up working for a foundation, Azrieli Foundation, and the money allowing the foundation to operate came from real estate. The grandfather, David Azraeli, had a very inspiring story, Holocaust survivor, and came to Canada with nothing. And uh, studied uh, um, architecture, and then uh, started developing malls. in he brought the concept to uh, Israel, ca- called it a uh, canyon, coined the word and and built several in Canada and and, uh, and invested also in the office, I think, and uh, uh, and and uh, several types of commercial property. and uh, that was a source of inspiration because. You could do good by, uh, you know, with real estate by uh, establishing um, uh, a portfolio, and then you know, with the funds, uh, create your own foundation, do things uh, for the community, and that's what inspired me. And um, so that's that was the source of inspiration. That's how I got started in 2013. I uh, the year prior, I read the book that I found in the library called uh, "Real Estate Investing in Canada." By uh, Don Campbell, and basically what he said in the book was uh, invest where there is job growth and uh, population growth. I looked for, I figured, job growth was secure if it was government jobs. So I looked uh, at the budget, the 2013 budget, where where they were uh, investing and where they were creating jobs, and found a profit, found a locality, and then started investing in that locality started with a fourplex in 2013 and yeah never looked back kept growing I did the residential uh, in that locality and um, it was remote property management I wasn't afraid of that and uh, I I kept going and you had some big steps right from the start right like
2: <laughs> like I for me I, whenever I was doing this like I I managed it myself and I bought in my backyard and <laughs> you know like I I didn't farm it all out as fast right um that that's a that's impressive to go right right to fourplex right to property management I don't know I'm I'm I'm
0: I'm blown away as your first property that's a lot thank you and uh yeah now the focus today is uh There's an issue around affordable housing. And um, I'm a member of a group called Govendance. And even there, you know, somebody posted today in the Facebook group uh, about that topic, that very topic and uh, asking, you know, what are we we doing about it? And uh, yeah, so that's, uh, I'm still in residential and looking at uh, affordable housing and development, how I can um, uh, develop some affordable housing.
1: I also noticed, you know, if I'm just going to draw some threads together, your readiness factors were you worked with a, an enormously successful um, real estate foundation. Um, I, that's an unbelievable apprenticeship, seeing how deal, deals are done and the kind of numbers.
0: No, I, I wasn't involved at all with that. The, so no? The foundation is completely separate from the real estate business. The you did ref- the real estate though, right? No, no. What I was doing for the foundation was, uh, uh, I was uh, organizing events for teachers to uh, educate about uh, using Holocaust survivor memoirs, how to teach oh, okay. about the history of the Holocaust using uh, personal narratives, and uh, that's that's what I was doing. Okay. Translating initially, I translated a few uh, memoirs from English into French because it's a the series is bilingual, and uh, yeah, I learned uh, real estate on my own after. Wow! Yeah. Well, it's cool.
1: It's a <laughs> very, you know, I just think it's a varied path that we came to this. Um, different points or portfolios look completely different. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we do have a lot in common. Um, yeah, I have no regrets. I think this has been a, um, a fantastic pathway to, you know, to test my strength, uh, find out what I'm capable of. Um,
2: uh, in you know, both of your situations, you took a massive... Like it was a one big step, right? It was, it, you know, mine was a little bit more gradual buying one in my backyard to start, but, um, or you know, the neighboring city. But um, yeah, no, you, you had to make that big step. I think was the common thing off the start. There was, there's some education possibly, or, you know, at least some learning of some kind somewhere and then just <clears throat> taking the stab at it and taking
0: the big step.
1: Yeah. There I would is, say, uh, you know, I'd observe. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Ari.
0: Thank you. There is some, um, there is a mindset uh, element. I know for myself, I, uh, I, I lived in France, but never really enjoyed living in France. I always wanted to, and I loved, the, uh, you know, foreign languages. And uh, so I moved to Germany early on. And uh, when you move to Germany, you know, if you have an emergency, you can call your parents. They can come. Uh, uh it would take them at least seven hours of drive you know driving straight uh so you that contributed i think to me being able to do a remote property management and and not being afraid of doing things far away and uh and the next step was to uh, move to to canada you know there is then the atlantic ocean between back home and um and um and where i was living so i think that contributed to it and uh yeah and then uh uh, and it's, but it was, it was a transition where there was a lot of, uh, I remember my, I had my Thursday afternoons off and I would spend them meditating and doing some praying to, to, to get ready to, to embrace this new, uh, this new role. I, uh, I leaned a lot on the government job. You know, I wanted this security, this safety, and I believed in the calling of being a teacher, you know, and forming the brains of the next generations. And then, that was less relevant for me. I moved from out of that and then uh, embraced more, uh, yeah, doing having an impact on the community. And um, that's how I, uh, I embraced more entrepreneurship and, uh, and uh, the idea of creating down the road, maybe my, my own foundation. And uh, but yeah, this element of being self reliant more uh, was, a, was a big difference from being a teacher in France uh, as a government job.
1: Yeah. I mean, that big step you talked about, I, you know, I didn't do it alone. I had the right partner. Um, you know, with my uh, other people have asked and maybe they remarked on this. We have very, between Karen and I, and I acknowledge your presence in this uh, here. I should more often. um, was a great partner for this. She didn't have a, any hangups about money or risk or things like that. She is not absolutely not an impediment to su- this kind of success or this kind of work. Um, she's been a you know a supporter of so big steps like this like changing jobs she's like yeah sure so pretty much all the big moves that we've made even you know decisions to have children where to live which house which business these kind of things she's never been an impediment to that you know we um we disagree over simple things like who pushed in the you know who left the recycling out and why is the drawer open and why, you know, silly stuff, stupid stuff. That's, you know, all of the big stuff, it's never been a problem between us and have to acknowledge
2: you can't do this. You have to acknowledge because like yeah. with, you know, because I mentioned that I had my ex and then we, when it had happened, yeah, severed, it then it. we went and the, it depends on how a conservative a person is to leave a government job to go do something like this. You need to have the right support behind you, <laughs> right? Yeah. Not, like even me, I wouldn't, it would ever would have happened. I think the, um you you can't convince your, your spouse to do this right i think it might be a very hard discussion anyway um but having the right person is definitely um
0: i wouldn't be where i am otherwise not even close um,
1: no it, um
0: that's I it. Uh, heavily on uh, on the stories of others you know that's why for me it's so important to read or listen to biographies autobiographies of entrepreneurs who mm-hmm. Who have been successful and uh, that's that's a source of inspiration and in a way i guess it reassures me that's uh you know it shows me the way that somebody some people have been able to do it and as an entrepreneur you're a problem solver uh you don't rely on someone else to fix your own problems you you're the one you know to whom people come to fix the problems yes yes agreed Okay, I think uh, that brings us to the end of our session today. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Once again, it's Aurelia, the mindful investor at uh, the mindfulinvestor.net, uh, Darcy, darcywhite.ca, Glenn, glensutherland.com. It's our pleasure to uh, do those episodes for you. And uh, if you want us to cover any specific topic, advancedreitalk at gmail.com. It's advancedreitalk at gmail.com. Thank you for tuning in and see you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone.